How many are ready to get in the Word this morning? Amen? Amen. This morning, I want to continue in our series on Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Of course, this is only a two-week series. We did a short message last week. Uh, but before, uh, before anything, let's, just, let's, get, let's get right into it, will we? Go to the first slide. It says this. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we have an ability to understand the account of how you came here, how you came to bless us. Lord, how you came to bless us through Joseph and through Mary. Lord, I pray that as we get into the word this morning, that it would touch every heart that's here. Everyone who's able to hear the message this morning, let them have ears to hear and eyes to see. We thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, of course, we enjoyed the Christmas brunch. By the way, you know how you see all the kids here that are here today? Is it? Uh, it really is like a cuteness overload right now. So I'm just like overwhelmed. Ella, you might have to like shield my eyes from all the cuteness. It's yeah, Sunny over there. Oak, what are you doing, buddy? You gonna wave? No, okay, that's all right. Uh, Oliver, you gonna sit right there? Good job. And play with your fire truck. Good job. All right. And I love, I love, it's, it's always, yeah, later on, man. We'll play with the fire truck later on. It's cool. It's all right. I love, no, later on. It's okay. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> I'm so glad that the kids can be here. We're going to do something special with the kids a little bit later on. Uh, this morning, of course, we had the Christmas brunch last week. It was great. Thank you all who, hey, give a hand to the, all those who helped put that together. Uh, it was awesome. Of course, you heard that short message about Joseph. It came from the gospel, from the account in the Gospel of Matthew. Today, we're going to take a look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Most scholars put her around 14 to 15 years old. 14 to 15 years old in Jewish culture. Understand that a woman, uh, a girl became a woman at the age of 12, right? She was most likely able to bear children. And, of course, we know that she was betrothed or engaged to Joseph. Right, Oliver? <laughs> yes. She was betrothed or engaged to Joseph. Of course, we learned a lot of this last week. There's no doubt that many of you are familiar with and know the Christmas story, right? And there should be no doubt about the nature of Mary. When we talk about Mary, listen, when the angel came to her, his greeting is this, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. From all accounts, Mary is worthy of this honor. Say, oh, favored one. She sees the angel, and although she hears the greeting, she's scared. She hears the greeting, she's scared. Why is she scared? Why would she be scared? Anybody? Would you be scared if, a, if, a, if an angel showed up and all of a sudden bright lights and right? She was scared because she was human. Right? Listen, here's the thing. Make no mistake here. In no way do we want to take away from the goodness of Mary. 
In no way do we want to disparage her name, right? But in her goodness, listen, her goodness doesn't, it never, it never equaled sinlessness. Mary's goodness never equaled sinlessness. There is some false teachings out there that she lived a sinless life. That she never was even affected by what we call original sin. There's simply no biblical evidence for that. For sure, she was a godly woman. Listen, she was a godly woman who was obedient to God in raising the Christ child. But let us never fall into the trap of idolatry here. The trap of idolatry would be to worship Mary. The trap of idolatry would be to pray to Mary. Uh, Some have taught that not only was she a virgin at this point in her life, but she remained one throughout her entire life. There's, again, simply no biblical evidence for that. She had six more children. She had two daughters, four more sons. There's no evidence that it was all by virgin birth, right? So there's no simple back, there's no simple biblical way to back up some of those claims. The only child that has ever been born of a virgin was Jesus the Christ. And listen, anybody who teaches you different is lying to you. All right? Another part of the false teachings is what's called the Immaculate Conception. So when we talk about the Immaculate Conception, that's saying that that she had no original sin. It's not saying Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. Of course, we know he was. Immaculate Conception would say that Mary had no sin and Jesus had no sin, and so that's why it was immaculate. Again, this is a false teaching. There's no biblical basis for it. Mary was not sinless, but she was obedient. This is the example we can find from Mary. She was obedient. Verse 28, we're going to look at this again. Go to the next slide. It says this. uh, Back one, sorry. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. How many want to be known as someone who has favor with God? I want to be known as someone who has favor with God. Amen? I I would love, I, I can't wait someday to hear those words that Mary heard. You have favor with God. Man, what a powerful thing. The angel calms her. He comforts her with his words. You have favor with God. And then came the reason for his visit. Go to the next slide. It says this. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give it Give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel gives the news, and Mary doesn't object, but she has a natural question. How can this be? To be a virgin, she had had never been with a man. She said, How could this be, angel? I hear the words, I I want to obey the words, but how is this going to happen? Go to verse 35, it says this, And the angel answered her and said this, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now, remember last week when we talked about how uh, when the angel spoke to Joseph, they said they will call him Emmanuel. 
that you shall name him Jesus, but they will call him Emmanuel. The angel says the same thing to Mary here, that, uh, that the child will be called holy, the son of God. So when the child was born, they didn't name him holy, the son of God. They named him Jesus as directed by the angels. But he will be called holy, the son of God. How many, how many refer to God as holy? How many refer to Jesus as holy, right? We refer to him as Emmanuel, God with us. We refer to him as holy, the son of God, because that's who he is, right? And then he says this. This is, this is cool. Behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Elizabeth had, had no ability to have children. But yet God gave her a child, and now she is six months along. And it says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. How many are so glad that nothing is impossible with God? Man, I'm so glad nothing is impossible. When it seems impossible, when it seems like it has gone off the rails, right? Just doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. Doesn't seem like, listen, I don't know what you're waiting on today. I'm talking, and I'm not talking about ungodly things. I'm not talking about unholy things. I'm talking about maybe good or godly things that you just go, man, God, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, right? There's things in our life, there's things in my, uh, my, my life, my wife's life that we go, man, God, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but we know with God all things are possible, right, Steve? Come on. For nothing is impossible with God. The angel gives her both an explanation of the how as well as a revelation about her relative Elizabeth. Her relative Elizabeth is with child. Anybody know who she's with child? John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist is in her womb. She comes to Mary, or Mary runs to her, tells her the news. Elizabeth starts singing. Elizabeth, says she, she shouted for joy. In fact, her baby leapt within her, right? I love that part of it. I love that part of that, that John the Baptist was in the womb and heard what Mary said and just the Holy Spirit just started leaping. I love that. Man, that's awesome. I don't think I was like that when I was a baby. So it just didn't happen that way. Maybe some of you were. I don't know. You're perfect people. So it's awesome. So we see this. Listen, I love this. Uh, the angel tells her how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow her power of the God is going to overshadow her. She's going to have, have a, a baby, the son of God. She, he tells her about Elizabeth. And then we see verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Uh, let's see here. Mary's response. Mary's response to the angel is just simple obedience. I was talking to my kids about this uh, yesterday, last night. I said, man, the, the response from Mary, when she hears that she's going to have the baby Jesus, when she hears that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, she's, her response is just, Lord, whatever you want me to do. How, what an example we have in that. Listen. Uh, how, many, how many women here have had a baby? Yes? Uh, nine months is not easy, right, Suzanne? Suzanne, how many babies you had? Many, right? It's not easy, right? Rhonda, is it easy? 
Who is the, who is the, who is the most difficult for you, Rhonda? Je, by, by, uh, Gary already said Jenny. Gary <laughs> said Jenny. My mother, my mother had foreshadowing us. My mother had nine kids. Nine, I have eight brothers and sisters. Man, I think. Sainthood, right there. God bless you. Right? That's just how it goes. No, but it's one of those things where you go, hey, listen. When we think about what, she wasn't even the little bit hesitant. She was just, just simple dis- disobedience. Just, yes, Lord, whatever it is. I don't know if she worked through every scenario in her head. I don't know if she did. I would like to think that she did, and she just said, you know what, anyway. You could understand if somebody so young would be hesitant when they say, the Holy Spirit, listen, God wants you to be with child. It's going to be the Son of God. One minister noted this. A few things about Mary here. One, she could have lost Joseph. She could have lost Joseph, right? We talked about that last week. Joseph was going to leave her until the angel intervened. So she could have lost Joseph. The other thing is this. She would have been ostracized in her community. She would have been a a, a woman who was pregnant with no husband, and now she's ostracized in her community. And you think about the social pressures of that and all the things that go along with that. And then you think about the Old Testament principle where she could have been put to death. She could have been stoned. They didn't do that so much in those days, but you go, Mary didn't raise any of these objections. She didn't ask for any assurances that these things wouldn't happen. In fact, she was willing to obey even if they did happen. This is the true mark of submission and sacrifice. Of submission and sacrifice. Something of the example we have in Mary is something to be aspired to. Just say, Lord, whatever it is, yes, Lord. Whatever it is you've called me to, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Lord, whatever it is, regardless of the risk or the potential embarrassment, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Now, here's the, here's the kicker to it. How many times does God ask us to do something and we hesitate? How many times does God ask us to sacrifice and we think about the potential risk, we think about the embarrassment? Maybe God wants you to minister to somebody at the grocery store and you say, well, what if, what, if, what if they don't accept me? What if they don't hear my words? What if they make fun of me? What if they don't hear me? Maybe God wants you to minister to your neighbors or your family members and you say, what if they ostracize me? What if they talk bad about me? What if their soul is lost because you weren't obedient? Somebody once said, sometimes we're the only Jesus people ever see. Right? I was talking to my kids about it. I think it was yesterday, too. We were talking about, um, my son had a question about, about Jewish people and about why they don't accept Jesus. And I said, you know, it's interesting. I, when, I was, when I went to Israel, uh, I met a, a, a guy in the airport in New York, and we traveled all the way to Israel together. Uh, his name was uh, uh, Smuley. Is, was, was his name. Smuley was, uh, was a Jewish uh, uh, student. He was going to be a rabbi. His father was a rabbi. He lived in New Jersey. His father was a rabbi. He lived in New Jersey. about 20 years old. And Smuley was just a really, really cool kid. I mean, really, I think about like some of the really cool younger guys we have in this church, and, like Bryce and like Jonathan, kind of cool, you know, and, and uh, 
Joseph, uh, you know, ish. <laughs> Jacob, you're right there, so you're good. No, no, no like all cool guys, right? So, no, but uh, his name was uh, Smooley, and, and I said to him, or uh, maybe I'm not pronouncing it, it was Shmuel or Smooley, something like that, right along there. Uh, he said he was going to yeshiva. He was going to Jewish school to learn how to be a rabbi. And I said to him, so can I ask you about Jesus? And this is in the middle of, the, the, of uh, JFK Airport. I said, can I ask you about Jesus? He goes, well, I don't know anything about Jesus. This is a kid living in America, 20 years old, from New Jersey, but his father's a rabbi. He's going to yeshiva. He's going to live in Jerusalem for two years to, to go to Jewish school. And I said to him, what, what about Jesus? And he said, well, what about him? I don't know anything about him. My kids, my uh, Jocelyn, we were sitting at Hardy's, and she went, wow. Because somebody that's living in America had never heard of Jesus, right? Had never been, he said, we've never even read the New Testament. I don't know anything about the New Testament. I don't know anything about Jesus. And so it was my privilege to, to minister to him at the airport, even if just for a little bit. But we're obedient and say, God, whoever it is you want me to minister to, what it is you want me to do, what are some personal, uh, what are some personal things in my life that need righteousness and I need to have holiness in my life? And, and so, Lord, if you've called me to this and away from this, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. Amen? And so the example we have in Mary is one who heard the call of God, thought, maybe thought of the ramifications, maybe thought of the consequences, but regardless of them, said, Lord, whatever it is, I'm going to do it. Lord, whatever it is. I'm going to do it. Uh, children, those who practiced uh, on Friday for children's ministry, you can, you can uh, go to the back right here. Um, they're going to be preparing something for us here, special in a, in a second. So to simply obey the Lord, regardless of risk or personal embarrassment, that's the example we have in Mary. Another aspect of Mary that's worth noting comes to us in verses 40, 46 through 55. I'm not going to go through all of them today. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I want to say this. Verses 46 through 55 is what's called Mary's song. It's also called the Magnificat. How many, how many are familiar with this? If you grew up Lutheran or Catholic, a lot of times uh, the background is the Magnificat. Uh, I'm going to, uh, when we get into it, we're going to get more into it on Tuesday night. Uh, but let me share just a few of the verses with you this morning. Go, go to the next slide. It says this. This is the song of Mary, and I want you to listen to these words. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's why we call Mary blessed, right? From now on. Behold, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. That's just a part of what we call the Magnificat. Uh, we're going to get, like I said, on Tuesday, we're going to get a bit more into it. But this woman who is called blessed is so moved by the honor that God has given her that she begins to sing a song of praise to him. Have you ever been just so blessed by something God has done? You just, it was like, it was like uh, the sound of music. You just started singing musicals in your, in your, have you ever done that? Come on. Come on, just Lord, thank you, and I give you praise, and, 
And all of a sudden, a song of praise comes up. This is what happened with Mary. This is Mary's song. And a lot of times we gloss over this in the Christmas story. But there's something important here. That this woman who is so blessed, this woman who is called blessed, is, is so moved by the presence of God that she just starts to sing a song of praise to him. And like I said, we're going to look at that more closely on Tuesday and what it means for us. But what follows in Scripture is, of course, we see the birth of John the Baptist. We see the birth of John the Baptist. We see uh, things about his father and his mother. And, and then the account of Jesus' birth. This is the account that we're so familiar with, right? It's found in Luke chapter 2. Thank you guys so much. We are so blessed throughout the whole year by you guys. Um, I hope you're blessed by this church. We're, we're, we're blessed by you guys. And I pray that you would be a blessing to each other during this Christmas season. Um, you guys know I get emotional sometimes, but it's okay. Uh, thank you. I love you guys. Uh, with that said, I actually thought my sermon was going to go longer, but it didn't, so it's okay. Uh, you know what? We're going to let you out a little early today, so if you would, just bow your heads. Lord, I thank you so much for our church family. Lord, I thank you what a blessing they are, not just to me, but Lord, to this community. Lord, to the, to the, to the missionaries that we have around the world. Lord, we pray that this Christmas our missionaries would be blessed. Whatever, wherever they're at in all the different parts of the world, Lord, we pray that you would bless them. Lord, for those who are gathered here this morning, Lord, for those who sit under this church, call this their home, or just maybe just visiting today, Lord, we pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would keep them. Lord, we pray that you would cause your face to shine down upon them and that you would give them rest. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.